Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are the hosts of Not My Fantasy Podcast. It's Cullen Callahan and Hannah Sylvester, everyone. Hello. Hello. I was waving, and we just talked about how we don't use video very much. Well, we're going to use video today because, look, we all decided to be pink for today's topic, which is... Mean Girls, the 2024, so literally like a week ago, uh, release. Um, there's going to be spoilers ahead, everyone. Yeah. Yes. Spoiler. Spoiler. The screenplay is by Tina Fey. Music mm-hmm. by Jeff Richmond. Lyrics by Neil Benjamin. Directed by Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr., and according to IMDb, Katie Heron, who is a hit with the plastics, an A-list girl click at her new school when she makes the mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic, Regina George. That's quite a mouthful. Yeah, of a I feel line. like describing the plotline of Mean Girls is kind of like describing like the Bible. Like we all know what it is at this point. Like it's Mean Equally Girls. Equally as influential on culture. <laughs> yes. Text. I mean. So I know I said a spoiler alert at the beginning, like you know, two two minutes yeah. ago, but like it's essentially it? the same screenplay. Yeah. There's yeah. not much difference. Yeah, there's some like very well done, I think, tweaks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. but it's not like a, a yeah. Re- they got rid of the racism. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into it now, but I think they managed to update it without some movies update or some remakes update the source material, and they're like, "Look at us, be more progressive." And I think this is, does a yeah. pretty good job at just doing it and not like asking like please hug me for doing this like please give me an award please write a buzzfeed article about all the updates i made you know like yes. it just does them i just want to like get a quick reading of the room yeah. obviously we've seen the 2004 movie because both yes. of you decided to use mm-hmm. backgrounds from the 2004 yes. i have yeah. lore about that one that we i into, but of course, you had to tie it in somehow. Yeah. I haven't seen the stage version, but I've listened Either. to the cast album. I have. Where... I did not listen to the cast album at all. Okay. So you gave us a list of songs, and I'm like, I don't know what any of these are. So this is great for you then, because you just went into this blind, not knowing yeah. anything. I know a little bit more, but Colin knows the most, because you yes. just said that you saw the movie, uh, the stage I... show. I saw it at the Pantages. I I don't know what a bootleg is, but I may or may not have watched a couple. Um, and I did. <laughs> Hannah is lying when she says she hasn't heard these songs before because years ago in my dorm room when we were going to watch Smash, right, okay. I was like, they released a new song for the upcoming Mean Girls musical. It was Stupid With Love and made you listen to it. And you were like, 
Well, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't this. Okay. This, listening to and like retaining are two separate. <laughs> Thank you. Things, I would also so. like to put on the record that Cullen and I went to see Legally Blonde staged at BU and I blacked out during the musical. No alcohol involved. Didn't remember a single thing. I cannot remember it. It's so the movie, basically. I with- listened to it. But I did not retain that song. Yes, so and I would. I would say. Your honor. I, I would say the Mean Girls musical is actually. I know this is kind of a hot take. It is one of my favorite musicals, mm-hmm. and I think it is up there with Legally Blonde. In that I usually don't like. Oh, let's just take a movie and make it a musical. But I think the the source material is mythic in a way. Yeah, it's iconic. It, yeah, it transcends individual performances. It transcends a time and place, and so like legally blonde i think it it works as a musical adaptation like i think you can it just it, the material suits it uh and i don't think every movie that's true so i want to get a hot take from hannah yeah. um because you haven't you haven't really retained the <laughs> the the cast album what yeah. did you think of the music i i didn't mind it um, there are some that are definitely earworms. Like I keep singing I am Regina George in my head over and over again. <laughs> I have become her. Manifestation, um, yeah. <laughs> manifestation. Um, but then there are some that were just kind of like, meh. But overall, I I went into this thinking, oh, this is gonna be so annoying. I was delightfully surprised the whole time. I was like, this is great. I was like, cool yeah so what the movie did is that they did something that not a lot of movie adaptations of musicals do which is they completely changed all the music yeah from Mm -hmm. from the stage show so the show sounds very musical theater right Right. would you say that yeah but then this they were like no we're gonna do pop right all pop yeah Um, I also really appreciated, and I've been waiting to talk about this, Um, (laughs) in the stage show, there's obviously more, there's more characters, but in this movie, I don't know, did you guys realize that only women plus Damien are singing? Yeah, I guess unless you count Kevin G's rap, but... I'm not counting, no, no, no. Which we shouldn't. I'm not really no. counting that. No. Yeah, uh, no, because I that I didn't notice that, but that's super interesting. But that, but yeah. the Kevin G rap is from the original movie, which is basically what this is. So yeah, that is lore. Yeah, <laughs> according to you. But yes, so if you think about it, only women are singing in this, and Damien. Mm. But that's because this. I think. I think from from the original, even from the original movie, Damien is considered quote one of the girls right yeah because he's gay and this one i'm not sure if they're trying to make a further statement by maybe saying damien's non-binary or Hmm. or something i don't know i don't want to put words in this movie's mouth but i i'm just saying again he's one of the girls because in the song uh someone gets hurt which is the one that regina sings at halloween uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Renee Rapp here. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Samuels sings with her. 
in he has the like one show. line. Yeah. But oh, he yeah. still sings. Aaron right. doesn't sing a lick in this movie. No, because he also has a song, he has a duet with Caddy, like a small one. And I actually really do like that duet. I was sad that they cut it. I get why. Um yeah. it's not like a mountain I'm gonna die on, but I was sad and I remain sad. And because I think I think that musical stage show Aaron is my favorite version of Aaron. Mm. Because in okay. both movies, I this is not a critique this is totally fine for what the movies are Aaron is like he's not really as much of a character as a trophy with like right. some hints at self-actualization that none of the characters are really that privy to and that's fine because like functionally like that's what he needs to be in the story he's almost like a prince like in Snow White or Cinderella like he's more of a goal and then later he's like that's kind of fucked up that you sorry that you oh there is, <laughs> yeah, I know. There is okay. no. but it, it's like that you see me as a goal or a property and not a person yeah right like it yes and there's so many female characters in the history of storytelling that have played that role so it is always fun to see it flipped um yeah but he doesn't sing at all and we so we don't really get any interiority in him mm-hmm. and so again it's like the musical is probably my favorite version of him but this was fine I know people yeah. were upset that he wasn't as cute, but like honestly, I never thought any version of Aaron Samuels was that cute. So, and also, I'm not the target audience. I'm like a decade older. It's an <laughs> it's another thing where it's just like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see why she thinks he's cute. He's yeah. not my type, exactly. But I can see why he's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and maybe if I was younger, again, you know, I'd be like, okay, I see it. But right, right now, thirties, John. <laughs> I, I just appreciated that they all actually look like they could pass for high schoolers. Because, yes. like, yes, I mean, like, I mean, obviously, like uh, Regina George original. She was like thirty something when she played uh, Regina George. Like Lindsay Lohan was like late, like mid to late twenties. So, like these people are probably like early twenties, but they still like, they're still close to high school age that they pass. They and that was actually younger, really refreshing. Yeah. I was like, wow, that actually looks like high school. Okay. I, th- I think, uh, Ali'i, uh, who plays Janice is maybe the closest in high school age. Right. Because... She was 16 when they made Moana, right? Oh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause she was, that was, God, how many years ago was that? Five. Moana came out in 2016, I want to say, because our friend Alyssa oh. told Mark Wahlberg it was her favorite movie of the year when yeah, she went so, into him at Wahlbergers. And then, and then Renee yeah. Rapp was was in the stage version uh, right before the pandemic, and she was supposed to yeah. do a year, but only did like seven months because of the shutdown. Yeah. Um, I know um, of uh, of Avantika who played mm-hmm. Karen. Um, she was in like some Disney Channel movie. Yeah. Um, she's also I looked her up. She's got a healthy film out yeah. right now. Yeah. The but the she... main girl was in the Spider Man movies. Yes, Angry Rice was in the Spider Man yes. movies, and then and then she was in that movie with the guy kid from Stranger Things, where um... she's like trying to be like the best student or something. It was a Paramount oh, Plus, oh. straight to Paramount Plus, which was yeah. originally what was this movie was going to be. Yes. Oh, I wow. read I read that. And then like a few months ago, they were like, no, no, we're going to release it. Smart. Honestly, I think they're making yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. 
And then the the young woman who played Gretchen, she was in that failed Ryan Murphy show from NBC. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but she played the little girl in it whose name was Shania. And I think she's like uh, 22 or 23 now. So they're all like pretty young. They're all, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, so, they're all age appropriate for playing a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because then like you have to realize that high, high school movies nowadays, they're going to be drinking. They're going to be doing drugs. Yeah. So yeah. they need to cast somebody who is 18 and older. Mm-hmm. To- yeah play that part but then they also need to look like look yeah Yeah. which honestly most people in the early 20s to your eye because we're unless you have kids you're not around kids that much like they were like yeah that's a high school that could be high schooler right exactly 25 you're like okay you know but uh yeah i i I hate the discourse that actual high schooler that high actual high schoolers should play high schoolers in movies like this because i don't like child labor I think that's ultimately and that's the other thing, and that's the other thing too, child labor, because then they have to only work a certain number of hours. They have to have school provided. They have to do this. Yeah, and and it's it's not. And we we know about Fisher's homeschooling that she's giving. We know about you know all Lindsay Lohan, like like the troubledness of being a child actor. It's like I want them to look like they could be in high school, but then again, I'm I'm almost thirty, so it's like, am I just old? well no these these people they did good on casting let me just say that yeah and and also i want to compliment casting one more time uh because the jenna fisher and busy phillips playing the moms of perfect andre rice and renee rapp respectively like that uncanny similarities never happens yeah. yeah. No, they like, look especially like, with Jenna Fisher. Yes. Like yeah. Jenna Fisher and Amy yes. Rice, like for sure. Busy Busy Phillips and Renee Rapp, they have yeah. the same features. Yeah, yeah um, that was serendipitous in a way that like yeah. they looked so much like these two very well respected actresses. Yeah. So I want to do a little bit background on yeah. the show. Um mm-hmm. so Mean Girls, the stage version, uh yes. premiered in uh had its world premiere in Washington DC in December in October 2017 uh and then moved to the Broadway in March 2018 where it lasted until covid basically and then mm. it just never came back respectable um yeah there have been other other places there's been tours and everything yeah, it's um, still on tour i feel like it's always on tour I mean, I feel like this is this is a good touring show because yeah. this is a show that it wants to be rent, but it should be rent for like the the high schoolers. You know what I mean? Mm. Does that mm. make sense? Where like this is this is like a good show because like you get it appeals all these, to a young audience. Yes, you get all these okay. themes that like the movie, the original movie tries. Um, but <laughs> yeah yeah plus plus it, it it introduces younger audiences to being like oh they could play this like this yeah. could be this high- is this would be a great high school production of a show yes. i i actually there's some things in the musical that i just really do enjoy the musical and there are things that i'm sad uh were cut including uh 
there's a great um there's a lot of work that they put into developing Gretchen and Karen's relationship yeah. with Caddy and Caddy standing up for them to Regina mm. or saying like, hey, it's not okay that she treats you like that. And right. in both movies, they just more kind of have a glance. But there's a lot more of Caddy being like, no. And then so when they there's a whole song called Fearless after they kick out Regina from the table. And it is kind of like a celebration that they're like free together. Um, and I think in a movie, you only have so much time, but I do like that they really, there's a, even a whole scene where Karen's like, yeah, I get that you're doing this as like a, a spy ops mission, but like also you enjoyed us and you liked us, you know? So there's some nuance there that, that was had to be reduced for time, but it, that's what, again, why I like I'm, the state show. I'm hoping that there was some things that were just cut on the cutting room floor. And then maybe when they release it on physical media, like there's right. some special features somewhere. Because yeah. there's a lot of things that I'm like, where, what's happening? Like, Karen is great. I love Avantika in this. I love I B.B. Wood. I love the whole cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the most intrigued to see how they do sexy, which is mm-hmm. the the Halloween song that she sings. Because uh, this is... I'm now going to talk to Hannah about this one. And then you, the listener who haven't seen it, because it starts off where she's singing to the audience. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything going into this, you know, being like, I, I, I saw some of the trailers and that's it. I didn't look for scenes or, or anything. So I was like, I'm intrigued to see how they do this. And in this movie, they're doing a thing that's now happening in all Yes. Teen movies where they're using social media and phones and things like that. But I feel like this one uses it to its advantage and it works. I agree because she's like uh, doing a get ready with me type video. And that's sort of the idea throughout almost the whole, basically the whole song. Um, And so those are super common. I don't, don't think it fell out of place because like, I don't do those kind of videos. I don't watch that kind of content, but people who are going to be the target audience for this movie, like the new generation loving mean girls, Mm -hmm. they watch that content. They probably do that kind of content. And so it feels like a connection with them. It feels more realistic. Plus like, I I don't know. It just, I feel like it's a great way to interact directly with the audience in a way that doesn't feel awkward fourth wall breaking. It's like immersive in the culture of being a teenager. Cause they use that. They do that a lot throughout the movie. Uh, hell, it opens that way with yeah. with Damien and Janice. Yeah, <laughs> which I loved that opening, by the way. And it was really interesting. And I feel like a downfall of this movie is that they had a lot of great ideas that they never followed through with. And you're so talking like, about the narration is kind of. Uh, I mean, I I like that it's them narrating instead of voiceover mm-hmm. from like because that was that's they're making a different statement with this one right. this is now um show they're showing everything and mm-hmm. you're being t- that whatever is narration quote unquote is like dialogue that is off camera mm-hmm. so it works um but like the fact that they had the whole opening where it was very theatrical, where they opened a garage door, we're in Africa, we're in Kenya, and then 
we go out a window and we're in the we're now at the high school and I was like oh I love those transitions I love that Mm -hmm. editing and I was hoping for more of that but we didn't really get it until like the bitter end where Mm -hmm. they uh from the spring fling we go back to the garage I mean could you say it's the storybook opening and closing yes yes, it is but so but okay okay I've been holding, I've been sitting on this question too. How long did it take you guys to realize that this is like Chicago? In what way? That all the songs are in Katie's head. Oh, I did notice that, that a lot I more guess of I never really thought about tended it. to cut out and it'd be like, oh, like it, yeah. this was her head. Like that's how they did meet the plastics. There's, like yeah. Right. There's okay, only, yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that too much, but... There's only one song that Katie has zero presence in, and that's A Cautionary Tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every other one, it's either she's singing it, or at some point she shows up. And it took me until What's Wrong With Me to realize that. Like, I kind of mm. picked up on it during Meet the Plastics, but when yeah when we got to What's Wrong With Me, I was like, why is why is she what oh it's in katie's head yeah oh it's all in katie's head she's but like it's not as blatant as in chicago where roxy wants to be on vaught on stage and singing Mm -hmm. so she's imagining these it's just that and like i'm not sure if that's actually what they're trying to do but that's my interpretation of this and i definitely think that's a that's a a choice to like I think it's a way to make it more palatable Hmm. to a young audience I don't think that um, the song that Regina sings at Halloween is in Katie's head same thing with the one where she's um, doing the the burn book like so that's where it's in Regina that's where it's Regina so I'm gonna I want to I'm going to argue the the Halloween one because like the fact that they keep turning back to her. And yeah. I feel like this is how Katie's imagining that one. And then mm. the uh, world burn, which, mm-hmm. oh, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. My, I, I had some time to digest this after seeing it yesterday. And, and I was like, well, maybe this is like her thinking about the event like this is like an afterthought yeah i think it's i i disagree i just think it's a case of this this being more of an ensemble piece Mm -hmm. rather than like the original movie is all through katie's perspective i that's sort of my opinion but i do think um like the meeting the plastics one like that one definitely rings like that's in her head yeah hannah i kind of want to i kind of want to challenge you to listen to the cast album of this Okay, of the movie or the show? Of the show. Okay. Because in Meet the Plastics, it's fascinating because Karen and um, Gretchen have their own verses. Mm -hmm. And they use different styles. Like, Gretchen is a little bit more of a patter. It's very fast and hyper. And Mm -hmm. it gets that point across that, like, she knows everything. Like, we, yes, it's iconic. Her hair is big. Not as big yeah. as it should be in this movie, but yeah, I thought I, it was pretty flat in this movie. But 
you know. But like we get the hyperactive nature and then Karen's verse is great. It's it's so funny. Like I love the fact that they gave her the song sexy um, Mm. because it's a moment of like, okay, so she's not really that dumb. It's just that she has a viewpoint and she is making commentary on Halloween costumes for women, but like, it's very childlike. Yes. Yeah. Uh, When you're talking about the social media stuff, I guess the social media stuff, especially like as used in sexy, I think it was used not too much. So it was strong and it was, uh, yes, it will be dated. But so is that song in Bye Bye Birdie where they're all calling each other on the phone. And it's still a great little number. Well, you know, plus, plus yeah, things to, will be dated. You have to think about it, too. In the 2004 movie, we didn't have anything. We had MySpace. Yeah, they just had the they had the, the calls that they were we all on. We had side Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the re- I was reading that the reason why Tina Fey created the word fetch is to make it so that it's not a time capsule, but it is a time capsule, unfortunately. Yeah, but it, yeah. it is like how in Heather's, all the slang isn't based on any actual slang. Yeah. Right. You know, um, so, I do love fetch. It's from an old movie, like Juno. Juno. I groaned so hard <laughs> because I was like, I watched Juno in theaters when I was in like high school, maybe middle school. I don't know. But I was like, ouch, that hurt. I I have to say, I I did like this movie. I don't know how. Do you? Do I did. You, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I did too. I was surprised at I how much time. I liked it. Yeah. I, so I saw a late night show. It was like a 10 o'clock showing when I went to go see it. And it was, there wasn't a lot of people there, but I feel like I was the only one laughing with this movie. I agree. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I saw it at 10 a.m. I did the opposite. I had brunch. <laughs> uh, I think they're serving these delectable cocktails, which so good. Uh, but yeah like there was like a small group of like friends like girlfriends a couple rows behind me and there was like maybe a pair of other girls behind them and like I laughed out loud a couple times like there were some lines and line deliveries that got me I don't remember hearing anyone else laughing and I was like oh like those meta those meta moments the when you're talking about fetch um Mm -hmm. I laughed my ass off when the one band person was like, you were behind an apex predator. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, yes, this is for me. This is amazing. But like, nobody yeah. was laughing. And I was like, and like, I get it. I mean, girls is such an iconic movie. Yeah. And this is a set that like line for line. There's a lot of things, yeah. but uh-huh. I feel like this cast took, made it their own. Yeah. No, yeah, no one was doing a parody of someone else, or like a, a what's an um, impression of somebody right. else. Like everyone was doing their own version of the characters. That's why I say like Legally Blonde. This almost has like a mythic thing where the mm-hmm. characters are beyond their performers. Uh, I'm just thinking that in compare comparison to like when they made a musical of like Devil Wears Prada, right? Um, but people did laugh at my theater. Now my husband mm-hmm. didn't. He didn't like it very much, but. Uh, other people were laughing. I did see a couple leave during I'd Rather Be Me, and I think the vibe I got was they did not, they were one of the 15% of audience members who didn't know it was a musical. 
And I think the boyfriend or whatever was like, I've had enough. You didn't tell me this was a musical. This is me looking for a split second at people and creating a whole narrative, but. How dare you? That was. I that was so good. And I love that I I can listen to the song now and imagine Moana singing it. Yeah. I, so I actually think that maybe, I obviously, I don't know the people that were there in the theater, but. I think it probably was a symptom of people not realizing that it was a musical and being like, oh, I thought this was an exact retelling of the movie without songs. So I think a lot of people don't know that there is a musical. Yeah. So, and the marketing did not market that as a musical. I understand why they didn't. However, I think, I think that could be a symptom of maybe why there weren't a lot of people laughing. They were like, what am I watching? To me, if they had done a direct remake, garbage, throw it in the trash can. Yeah, Like this is the only way to do another movie. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Because, because yes, this is a remake, but it's also a different genre. Yes. Now we're adding musical to it. Yeah. Like this isn't like Lars Van Trier's Psycho, where it's a shot for shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock psycho, but now in color and with a fuck ton of prints. Like, this is different. We have music. They changed a lot. The one thing that I I don't understand how they would have fixed this, but the one thing I still am like, uh, I don't, I didn't like, is that like, that they had printed out pictures. And it's so, such a stupid little detail, but I'm like, nobody is getting hard copy pictures anymore yeah that's that's a good point i do like that she just dropped it though and then they shared everything on social media that i love i agree yes and i I I thought that was great i would have hated if the burn book was digital yes Yes. i love that and i because because she's i mean there's a fuck ton of easter eggs from the from the movie yes i mean do we want? I'm I'm adding a spoiler alert to the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Yes, Lilo's in it, everyone. But <laughs> but Iconic, like yeah. Renee Rapp is wearing the same exact kind of outfit that um, the black on black, the black on Hair black up. with the with the tank top yeah. spaghetti strap mm-hmm. showing that Rachel McAdams wore in the original movie. So I was like, that is just like. It's iconic that like she that in the 2004 one she xeroxed everything and print and threw it everywhere. Yeah. I like this is this one because now accountability is on the posters. Yeah. Those that are posting. Mm. Cuz now it's like they're spreading all of this like wildfire and they're using stories, TikTok, yeah, video, reels, whatever to convey like all of the demonizing thoughts that are on the on social media mm-hmm. i did i loved all those montages i love megan the stallion being like how do i get this off my for you page? <laughs> yes that, that was, was such so a, good because i actually this thing happens on tiktok a lot where someone will be like you know in regards to this drama and you're like I have no context. Like, what are you talking about? I will say the most deranged things. And you try and click and, like, find what they're talking about. And it's either wildly disappointing or, like, you can't find it anywhere. Or you're, like, you're Googling. Because it was deleted. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, like, like, why are we still talking about this months later and it's deleted? Yeah. it, It gets, the discourse gets truly insane. That and then advertisers pick pick up on that and they'll be like oh i bought this item from that everyone was talking about on the tiktok shop or yes. after all the discourse i wanted to see what everyone else was saying and i'm like no one was talking about this 
I'm just <laughs> saying that. And TikTok ads are truly the worst social media advertisement because there's the most trying not to be an ad, but so blatantly an ad. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Because at least like a Facebook ad, you know it's an ad. And yeah. I wish this movie did that. Because I didn't see any... The only marketing I saw were the stupid trailers because uh, the world hates musical movies. So they didn't show, they showed like maybe two musical moments, but then they focused. They played Olivia Rodrigo over it. Yeah. Yeah. That was more on the choreography. And John Hamm got a shit ton. Like all of his scenes were in the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. It made it seem like Coach Carr was the movie. <laughs> I mean, they're going from you know abstinence to condoms and choking. I mean, that is the movie. Um, but and, and had a, and uh, hormones, but spelling it W H O R E. Yeah, <laughs> also terrific. Um, so a really quick note about the burn book, how it gets introduced into the movie, I thought was way too like wedged in there. I oh, didn't like that it was uh, Busy Phillips' version of the mom being like, oh, I just found it. I don't, they went into her closet. I don't know why they didn't just have like, they're all in the closet, like looking for the shoes or whatever. And they're like, oh my yeah. God, look, the burn book. It's that easy. I like, think they wanted to give Busy Phillips more to do because they had Busy they didn't, Phillips. They didn't mean to do that. I know. Because I, her coming in with like the snacks and being like this is an american thing called guac and then immediately taking it away killed me i was like oh, i love this was... and she's like and, oh. and like and again busy phillips did things so differently than amy poehler but like yeah. they're still playing it the same where they want to be young and hanging out with yeah. the girls and relive but i feel like but busy phillips had that one added line of like these are the best days of your life, which, you know, is a gut punch. It punt. doesn't so, get better. No, and yeah, she and walks I, out. I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, that is a true sentiment because 2004 parents, I don't think would have thought like that because now Busy Phillips is uh, what? She's playing what? Like a 40 year old. So she's around my age. Like. Yeah. Okay, life does get better than high school. I just would like to let's not. I also well for her specifically, right? Like, yeah, and same thing with like Amy Poehler's character version. Like, it did not get better for her. Like, yeah, probably miserable. They had the they had the whole fake boob things with her. That was fine. That was it. That was that was it for her. With Busy Phillips, it's the it's the millennial. Gen X are reliving the glory days because life is a piece of crap right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, Colin. I'm a little older than you, so I know <laughs> I know this feeling very well. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we want to go... One of the reasons I love the Mean Girls property is because I was a homeschooled child. And the, actually, I was very good at adapting to my, when I, like, went to college, when I would be in situations with kids who went to school, I was very good. Because some homeschooled kids would do the caddy and be like, wait, what? And I would be like, if I didn't know what was going on, I didn't say it. And I just, like, picked it up. But the thing that tr- that was the most homeschooled about me when I went to college that people picked up on was I hadn't seen Mean Girls. And I oh, didn't know those references. 
Oh. I could do the Disney references. I could do the SpongeBob references, but I didn't get Mean Girls. So they like showed me Mean Girls. That was basically what I missed, I guess. But, uh, uh, but what a joy to show your friend Mean Girls who hasn't seen it. It's like I I couldn't find a single person in my age group probably. Yeah, yeah. it was, and I'm so. and watching it, I'm like every time I watch it, I'm like, this is a perfectly written movie. Now, would I say that about the musical? I don't know the musical movie. I don't know if I because it's based on something that already exists it doesn't give me that same feeling but Mm -hmm. i like some of the ways they updated it like the different backstory for janice because now like being a lesbian in and of itself isn't especially in a place like chicago isn't a social death sentence yeah um but it is also like that she actually does art in the movie you can see her sewing throughout the movie you see her doing art janice in the other movie she like never never knew that she really did art she works at that skincare store yeah i definitely sympathize with uh alihi's janice more Mm -hmm. because you really like when Mm -hmm. she goes into what happened and like that very like detailed mean girl behavior and it's like you just you get her uh, because one of my hot takes is typically i'm not one of those people whose janice is the real villain i don't I don't say that, but I don't usually have a lot of sympathy for Janice because what she, yeah. how she treats Caddy is actually pretty bad. Yes. Um, yeah. I but wanna, I, wanna I, I wouldn't that. say that about the Alihi version. Mm-mm. I want to talk about that because I don't think in any iteration, Janice takes accountability for what she did to Katie's life because Katie was fine before. Yeah. Before being roped in and yeah. like, like let's destroy the plastics lives she was i mean yeah there was drama and everything but like i kind of wish in this one there was a little bit of an apology like i'm not saying what katie did is right by any means i mean she needs to apologize well but like at the prom or at the spring fling i mean i kind of wish uh janice was just like i'm sorry for what what we did they had yeah. that in the stage musical where it was oh, like okay. a, it was quick i mean that's a great strength of tina fey it's just an overdwell i think sometimes mm-hmm. some of them blame this on gen z but i i think that might be unfair i think sometimes we want everything very spelled out right and it's like it doesn't always need to be spelled out you mm-hmm. can assume and so no but like I, I like that it was in the musical here's the thing though I actually, as someone, as an Icy Stars stan, and actually really liked the cast album version from this movie as well as from the Broadway cast album, they kept talking over the song and cutting out to show scenes. And I'm like, you're oh. a musical movie. Just show them hug and I get it. You know? Mm. And they, they had did such great staging. And then they were like, oh, but we have to have them talk. And it was in the, at the last minute, after having the balls to make everyone watch Mean Girls as a musical, they like were pulling back. And I'm like, we're in the last two minutes. Like, just embrace it. Uh, and so that was my, I actually wanted less talking at the end uh, mm. and more just singing because I think sometimes a song with people hugging can do more than words ever can. And I say this as a writer, it's, you get it, you know, because some things in life, you, there's no words to explain. You just got to, you got to vibe. You got to see the stars. Well, because like in every version of it, or at least in the two movies I, sh- I can only speak from, yeah. is that somebody can say that Janice does apologize during the trust fall moment. But I'm like, no, she's no, not she apologizing. No. no, Even though she's like, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, she's also... You know, yeah. saying, just 
being a mean girl. She's saying fuck you also at the same time. Yeah, I I actually think that I liked that Katie and Janice have their moment at the spring fling. And I do wish Janice did take a little bit more accountability Mm -hmm. because even though she's not as manipulative of Katie, because like she literally tells Katie, like, you should go and spy on them so that we can make fun of everything they say. And like she does clearly spell out what she wants to do, but she still does like kind of pry her into it. And she clearly doesn't want to do it. And then, yeah. So I think that like a little bit of accountability would have been nice. So I guess if they could have kept that moment from the musical, Mm -hmm. I guess that would have been really good. But I, I, I love it as a love triangle. It's almost a girl love triangle with Regina and Caddy and mm-hmm. uh, Janice, and as as a Caddy, I'm that's who I am. Well, there's I, a- I know this about myself. I know the- how I react in social situations. I think you know, as a Caddy, sometimes you do have to be the bigger person because you can also sink lower. It's like a thing. <laughs> now you're saying now you this whole episode, both of you have been saying Caddy. I go back and forth. I yeah, because so does the movie. <laughs> so yeah. does the movie. The movie does it on purpose. So I did. Okay. (laughs) When I was, (laughs) when I was in high school with, when we only had the 2004 version, I took a film class in my senior year. And we talked Mm. about how this was the rules for girls. Mm. And my, I remember my teacher pointed out that Janice in that one is the only one that calls her caddy throughout until the party where she switches to Katie and it's yeah. done on purpose because Katie is like the word is, you know, like, yeah. you know, being cat, you're being Katie, you know, you're being yeah. like, um, Oh, what, what's a synonym for Katie? I can't think right now. My brain. I mean, bitchy. Bitchy. Yeah. 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 So I feel like, I feel like in this movie though, Tim Meadows's character is the one that does that. Tim Meadows, <laughs> the only one to be in all Mean Girls movies, because he's also them, in yeah. Mean Girls too. Yes. Wow. A truly atrocious film. But yeah, I, I noticed that in this one because like Janice still says the line, I'm gonna call you Caddy from now on, but she doesn't really say her name a lot throughout this movie. I noticed. Yes. I know yeah. it's weird. I don't, I'm, I, it's just, I mean, again, it's being different. It's being its own original thing, but I was just like, it's weird that you're giving now Tim Meadows that important distinction. Yeah. Whereas it should be one of our characters that we're following. Right. Like one of our yeah. main characters. They're like, we owe him some piece of business after being in Mean Girls too. Maybe uh, that's what it is. Where they assassinated his character. He was like a creep in Man Girls too. Also, yeah. can we also say that Tim Meadows and Tina Fey, their characters are married in this universe of yeah. the movie? I like that. And I was like, that kind of was a mind fuck for me. I don't know why. No, but... I, I like those subtle changes. Because like, like I said, they got rid of the racism, the casual racism that was in the 2004 movie. And I'm very yeah. happy about that. They got rid of the teacher on student uh, inappropriate relations. Yeah, that's that, that's also I'm all a, for that as well. Let's get rid job. of that. But I feel like instead of making them like work colleagues, adding that little it's a subtle layer and it it works because obviously they're teaming up they're the ones from the original movie they're right 
you know they're from snl and everything yeah yeah i i felt like it was my only thought was oh i think it's to make miss norbury less sad yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's funny what did you think of what ifs the song so this is an interesting i'm sure you know this john so original song to the it's original because they've struggled with his opening number because there was It Roars it's in the Broadway cast movie. album. Yes. Uh-huh. So the opening number in the Broadway cast album is It Roars. But by the time I saw it in the Pantages, it was a different song. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. They changed the opening song. And I think it's because there's Mean Girls has always had this thing where people are like, are you doing too much with the Africa thing? But she's white, you know, like I think. And I okay. so there's and like the jungleness. And so is that implying Africa is not a place where people live, but a safari, you know, it gets complicated. And I, you know, if you're not watching the video, if you can tell from my name, uh, very pale. So I'm not really the expert on that. I can't speak to what is right or wrong. But, um, oh, I'm just gonna pull a clip and put it on TikTok, probably, yeah, of something. <laughs> but like they've they've struggled with like how to do that. So I was not surprised that they picked a new opening number. Um, I thought it's very interesting the way she sings it because she's it is poppy. It's very like breathy and soft, mm-hmm. but it's very endearing. I feel like I it's well, a I think- classic generic I want song, but it's like look at this little girl. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's a very pretty clear uh um what have you just said? Oh my god. Um I want song because you know she just is she they live in out in the middle of nowhere in Africa. So yeah. in Kenya specifically. So it's just like mm-hmm. yeah, she wants she basically wants to be a quote unquote real teenager, essentially. And so yeah. why does she get an experience? Um yeah. Interesting. She has a single was... mom who works a job. Yeah, they yeah. cut almost out, they like cut Reba. Out the dad. Almost yeah. like Reba. Almost yeah, it's like only one job though. Yeah. What did you think of the animal choreography only being an apex predator? Then I thought that made sense for uh, the song. Yeah, and it's not because it's not. So in the 2004 movie, they're doing it at the watering hole at the mall, which. Yeah. Who goes to malls anymore? Certainly not mm-hmm. teenagers. And uh, they have it. It's very like Africa coded, quote unquote. Yeah. But this isn't necessarily that. It's. I don't even think it's really even linked to her having grown up in Africa. It's really just like Regina George is the apex predator of this animal kingdom okay. of high school yeah because because caddy uses her knowledge to talk about like oh lions and hyenas and i'm like is it because she watched the lion king or is it because she lived in kenya who knows <laughs> well, so but... i i thought it was a little jarring i'm not gonna lie because it's only in this number again it's only here like that's they, the yeah. only time she's talking about it right and also if we're saying that like certain things are in her head like she's visualizing this right or the movie's yeah. visualizing it for us because that's the only time they're talking about that because mm-hmm. they do Otherwise... talk about it much more in the 2004 movie yes because yes, she has time. she has this voiceover where it's supposed to be high school is a zoo or high school is the jungle yeah or yeah. something and i like... think and this, this movie was... doesn't do that and so i think much. that was critiqued yeah the whole but i Which... feel like you could have said a line again yeah again it's things that like could have could have just been like easily 
justified. Or... I think Apex Predator shows that is where the movie is most obviously looking like it's for Paramount Plus. Um, because uh-huh. because they don't go to another location. Even in the musical, they do go to a it's mall. It's like Teen Wolf. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Teen Wolf. It's very like, okay, Speaking this is Paramount the space Plus. that we have. This is what we're going to do. And see, well, so they filmed it in New Jersey in an abandoned yeah. school. But I liked yeah, that because now the emphasis is on what's happening at school. I'm okay. Yeah. So I recent I recently just uh started watching Grey's Anatomy. Um I've oh, seen wow. I've originally seen Couldn't up until me. I've seen through season 2, but what what is done in that show is that all like the drama is mostly contained in the hospital. In the hospital. Mm-hmm. So in here, yes, they are friends outside of school. We have a couple of scenes here and there where they're outside of school, but like, this is also showing like, you have a separate life when you're in high school. Cause you go yeah. home and you're with your parents that you're, we've all done this. We're, yeah. we're all act differently with our parents, but then we go to school where we're a little free and uh, mm. to be Except for Colin. He was in his basement. Yeah. Except for Colin. I'm sorry, Colin. To Yeah, I had to school was where I was the most the same as what I was with my parents. <laughs> so for for the church is where I was really getting wild. Yeah. The majority of people, I should say. Yes. I'm sorry to make Sorry a... I'm a weirdo. Sorry I was homeschooled like Vanessa Hudgens. I'm sorry that I generalized. <laughs> no, no, I'm you are <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> It's a we joke about this all the time. We, well, so it's about it's, people who go back to their high schools because I do it whenever I visit my parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime he records, he's like, "Yeah, um, I'm in my old high school, and it's just his basement in the background." <laughs> um, but like, it's it's a safe. It's supposed to be a safe space, or it's supposed to be a space where you are yeah. experimenting and figuring your yeah. personality out. So that's why I liked it, and I, I mean, I fucking loved the concept for um what is that song revenge party where oh, that yes was fun. yeah where what it was a good song. it was very it was very childlike it was like going through like an easter like decoration yeah. setup that's what it reminded me of well yeah. and they're thinking about like let's play barbies and tag which i guess is a tie-in to heather's in a way, because in Heather's, they're always talking about like kindergarten, mm-hmm. at least the musical. There's like a, a lot of references to when we were kids and what happened and we got mean. And Caddy, Katie, you know, she's kind of has that like she's innocent. And this is her losing that innocence in a way, but like she doesn't see people as bad or manipulative. She's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of fun to be like her fantasy would just be kind of like, wait, hey, we're all kids again. Like we're all just like, oh, yeah, doing things that we enjoy because we enjoy them. Yeah. So I I honestly really enjoyed this movie. I, I feel like I went into this trying to give it a shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I wasn't going to compare. I mean, we ended up comparing it. Yeah. I wanted to, and of course, you're going to compare it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? This is its own thing. Let's give it a chance and see what they do. And I was pleasantly surprised. I loved Avantika from the trailers because I was just like, I love Karen because Karen is the best character ever. So good. Um, She's good. Yeah. But did you guys see this at an AMC? By, by any chance yeah we come to this place for magic 
So in, a, I can only speak for AMCs. I don't know if other movie theaters have that stand where it's the burn book, but like you can go in and take a picture. Oh yeah. And post it. Have you seen that? Yeah. We had it at our theater too. If you want to talk more about marketing, they did a shady thing to B.B. Wood in, in that. B.B. Wood who played Gretchen is not included in any of those other pictures. Huh. Yeah. Everyone else's. But her. In, in what? So in that, it, there's this... In the promotional thing. Well, yeah, like what they put in... Because we had theaters. a big poster with all of them at my AMC. Oh, no, no. you can no. get the so, Burn Book popcorn tent. You can probably find it on social media. I yeah. took a online. photo. If it's what I'm thinking of. It looks like it's in the pages of the Burn Book where you can step in and be part of oh um, no that's okay i was thinking of something no let's say you're the gretchen i guess you're stepping into gretchen right but like there is no gretchen no so gretchen i'm there. like that's really shady huh. it's like uh when they opened disneyland uh the rides were like you are peter pan you are snow white and so they weren't in their rides and people were like where are they like, why is the queen just screaming at me for two and a half minutes? And I had to update it and change it because people didn't get it. You know what? Let me see. High concept. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, they're like, you're not stepping in as caddy. You're stepping in as Gretchen. <laughs> you have all the secrets because you uh, know the storyline before you saw the movie. I'm going to see if I can add it. I did love there was the bit with the the mathletes where he's tried to make something happen. He's like, it's not going to happen. I love that. <laughs> Because that is how social circles work. Can I put a photo in chat? I think so. Yeah, I can. Okay. Four years or ten, 20 years after this episode is released, we're going to release a musical version of this episode where we sing everything. <laughs> Love that. Nice. So I put it in the chat. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, we did not have that. That's very cool. But Gretchen is not yeah. in there. Fucking Tim Meadows is. Oh, Again, yeah. I think it's because of, it's in his contract from Mean Girls too. I think Cullen's yeah. right about this. But, like, they could have put a picture... They could have done Avantika a and B.B. Wood together, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. She pissed off someone on the marketing team. To me, when I first realized that, I was like, are they trying to, like, shade Gretchen with the marketing as well? You know what? In some ways, that would happen to Gretchen, though. Gretchen is like Mike Wazowski oh. with the logo in front of her face. Like, yeah. Gretchen is always... I mean, I am She's... blocking her right yeah. now. She's uh, in the musical, the stage musical. They say she's seated at her right hand like a Jewish princess Jesus, and see, uh, like she's I'm, always I'm, to the side. You're and you're Regina. clearly Regina George. I wanted to it. be a uh, caddy. I want to be Lindsay Lohan because again, I really relate to her. That was teenage me. I would do that. I, I would, would like to is... quickly talk about this, Katie. Yes. Okay. I feel like she got drowned out by other characters, and I think. It is a symptom of the way this movie is structured because we don't have her voiceover. And so, like, we don't get as much of her as we did in the original. But also her singing is also very breathy because you talked about it in the What Ifs song, I think. Mm -hmm. But her singing the um, Stupid with Love is also, like, it's very gentle. But I think she's just a very gentle version of Katie, which I don't mind. But it is kind of spoiling for Sharps and Flats. But I kind of... I was kind of sad about that because she kind of gets drowned out by Janice and Regina because they're yeah. so powerful and strong and she's just kind of like well so I, down. I I guess maybe this movie is saying that she's just a pawn 
in their game. Yeah, but she's also yeah. the protagonist. She's our protagonist. So it's she's our protagonist, but yes. like I think they th- this is part of similar to Frozen. Pop culture sometimes picks the bigger character. So it's like we almost act like Regina is our main character. And because she is like the focal point, like in the in the cast album, right? It's Regina. You know, it's like she's central, but really Caddy is the story and her emotions are what carry us through. And I think, you know, as again, as an Anna Stan, I'm a I'm a Caddy Stan in that it's like we shouldn't ignore her. And I liked her performance. I actually am going to chalk this one up. I know I say Tina Fey is a great writer. I'm going to chalk this up to writing or editing because those little moments where she would be, she would say like things to Gretchen, like she shouldn't talk to you like that, like in the stage play, you know, those little things where she would be, where it showed her bonding with them and being like, no, that's not right. And yes, you could say, oh, it's manipulative, but you could also see it as like, she's doing this because she's like, no, this isn't right. Like she shouldn't talk to you like that. Yeah. And I think- and that makes her trip down to insidiousness even more insidious because she comes from a good place of her wanting to do the right thing. And I think that is all happening. I think she's, you see her doing the looks, but because it's a musical, because Regina and Janice are so big, I think she gets drowned out. And I think if they wanted that soft performance, which I thought was really strong and I enjoyed, um, even though it was very different from the Broadway version, I'm like, I'm here for this, but they needed that writing to bolster it because we were not getting that yeah. interior monologue. And then yeah. it's, if people are literally singing all their feelings, we need to give those moments. And I feel like there were so- a lot of cut catty songs because, I mean, they cut Fearless. They cut um, a Stupid With Love reprise. Well, if you also think about... With, they added, they, they changed added. it. They change it, but change the it, October third yeah. moment is a stupid with love reprise. She has a song again. The it's like there's a different song at the party. There's a song she sings with Aaron at the party. There's a song that she is doing uh, during the what's it called the mathletes. Mm-hmm. Which again, I like the how they did the stupid with love reprise for this. You know, I'm always up for changing things up, but I do think they in they literally kind of reduced. Her voice. Now they cut two big Damien songs, which were so Broadway y, they would not have fit and aren't my favorite on the cast album. So I'm But okay I think with that, again, but... they wanted to focus on the women. Yeah. yeah and that's... again, I am okay with cutting those Damien songs because again, they're not my favorite. But <laughs> and I think they wouldn't work in a movie. They are yeah. they're very much for stage. But I think they focused again, it's like like in real in the high school Regina's very alluring and she can scoop you in and it's like they fell to Regina's they're like we're doing all the Regina songs and then well we can cut some of Caddy's stuff but it's like we need I mean should I go back to who has the strongest desire I mean does Janice technically have the strongest desire because she was the one who was really like screwed over by Regina and she's the one pushing Katie to do this but my big thing is that like even like the Halloween song where she's singing someone will get hurt or however, someone whatever it goes, yeah. is that give, that's given to Regina, but that's a, like a heartbreaking moment for Katie. Yeah. But, and also Regina's given a lot more depth in that song. She's like, people just think I'm an animal, but actually I have feelings. Like I could be yeah. a bitch, but I have feelings. And like, whether or not I'm supposed to believe that or not, like it is still giving her depth that yeah. Katie isn't really given. So that's more of just like a bummer thing. And I do think it's just like a symptom of the way this musical is structured and it's more, makes it more of an ensemble piece than. Yeah. I have a, I have a superficial bummer moment as well. 
in this let's share it let's, let's get share it all out. well because okay i haven't seen the musical i know people mm-hmm. who saw it and have worked on it so i asked them this question just because mm-hmm. i was wondering curious how they did it yeah so in, this movie, insider. in this movie they don't do jingle bell rock because right. they can't do that in the stage version because of copyright mm-hmm. and all that Oh, right. Yeah. So they, apparently in the stage version, it's very different where they play music, but it's like automatically she uh, Regina falls and you see her ass or something. Yeah, it's pretty fast. But in this one, they do a whole routine. And I'm just like, why isn't this a song? It, mm. it is a song. Rock no. Around the Pole, you can find on YouTube the original Broadway cast singing it. But I mean, why isn't... In the movie. In the movie. Them singing it. Yeah. Because, like, oh. I get I get it. All these songs. Well, a cautionary But, like, what tale, would it be a song for? I think I think that's, like, a good... Like, if I was given the script of Mean Girls there, it wasn't a musical, and I had to be, like, where's a good place to put a song that would hit me? But then, in this context, I can't think of what they would be singing about unless it was, like, more Revenge Party. It no, was like Christmas themed totally... revenge party. This, yeah, but this like what be... song, what are they feeling? Like what's the purpose of the song? Yeah. Like how does it move the story along? Because the way that scene is structured, instead of Katie saving the day with her Lindsay Lohan voice, uh, Katie uh, does her little twerk moment. Everyone on social media loves it. Even Megan the Stallion, right? Yeah. I think she likes it. And then Regina falls on her face. So like that's, it's different from the yeah. original movie so it's like the way that pushes the story along it's like is the, do we need a song to push it but, that's fair i thought i just thought yeah. because you know we're in a musical like make it more yeah. more performative yeah like it doesn't have to i think this is a case where it doesn't have to be emotionally driven i just think it has to be a performative song which right are in musicals as well that's yeah true. So, that's true I get it because I think they were going for more of like heart songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To steal from Zoe's extraordinary playlist where all of these are purely emotionally driven, but I was just like, guys, we're in a musical. Just like, (laughs) let us have some fun. Let us have fun. I did. I did like what they did with that too. How it's completely Different, different from the movie. From the yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I think this version of of Regina is much more severe. Like, yes. like Rachel McAdams is sort of like cartoonish mean girl. I believe this mean girl exists, this Renee Rapp version. Like, she's a, a deep version of a mean girl. I believe you exist. <laughs> um and I found yeah. what I'm gonna use. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like I think that like it needed to be more severe than just like oh Lindsay lohan's getting more popular like she falls she on her a face fall and from gets Grace. embarrassed she loses her power her sharp yeah, head because in that and I moment that was brilliant a brilliant you, change you see everyone laughing at her and her registering that everything's reversed from when she she's not infallible the the anymore voice. yeah she's not infallible anymore yeah is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat i'm, tr- I'm trying to think uh, we're Did gonna go through, through each number. Oh, the uh, lore that my personal lore was just you know how I relate to her because I was homeschooled and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Makes sense. I don't think we have to go through each number unless is there something like you want to talk about that we haven't said already. I feel like the Gretchen song didn't have great payoff 
I agree. Because it was just the kind of made it about the boy that she was with and then her eventually being like, screw you. Yeah. And I don't know if that was amazing in the musical either, but there is like a moment where Gretchen is kind of like, oh my gosh, this is a cycle for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel I feel like the, I've, one of you said it, that the emphasis isn't on the two of them, the Karen and Gretchen. Mm-hmm. And there should be. Because... Yeah they need some sort of payoff. There was a great moment where uh, Jenna Fisher is like, the only text you have is yep. uh, from the girl named Karen. Like, Do not worry. I will still be your friend. I yeah. fucking love that. I also, there it, it's, it's, um it's just, it's a small moment. Like before rocking around the pole where Regina's lashing out at everybody. And Avantika, you know, she had her, her costume pulled down yeah. low and her bra showing and she got slut shamed, but like really slut shamed. Cause yeah. like, I feel like, I feel like they may have toyed with her and be like, Ooh, you're sleeping around. Ooh, you XX. Yeah. Ooh. But I, that was like legit slut shaming. Well, yeah. it was also revealing that Gretchen had told Regina told her, shared told her the, se- the secrets. Yeah. And so it was like, everything unraveling there i think it's it's actually a much better way to unravel that than it is in the original like i actually thought like that moment is so compressed with yeah tension because everything's kind of spilling out it this is really good and that's where in the stage play caddy is like that's not okay to mm. to karen like she shouldn't say that to you and and like I really felt for her because, like, then she lifts up her costume yeah. and everything. I was like, holy shit. Like, she gets distracted by it during the musical number. And she, yeah. but, like, but, like, power two. I want the best for this cast. Like, I want good. them yeah. starring in anything and everything. Would I love it to be a musical? Yes, because, hi, this yeah. is my podcast and I, it's yes. all about musicals. <laughs> but friend, yeah. I want to see them in big projects in the future mm-hmm. i think the yes. the acting and the writing like the they really delivered and i think yeah like you felt the character's emotions like they weren't cartoonish you were kind of like not that the original was but i think that is a good like it's just they felt it felt very real and it did feel like well it also felt- you could see that that's what's so great about Mean Girls as a story is that Regina does need to be taken down a peg. And obviously they do go too far and it is manipulative and you should take the high road. But it is like you see her hurting even the people closest to her. And so yeah. it is so cathartic and you get why everyone turns. It's just so true to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that's why it's like I say, it's like mythic. It's like one of those stories that we keep coming back to. And it's not the same as like, oh, they're making American Psycho the musical, which to be fair, I haven't seen. I don't know if it's any good, but like there is like a, there's a, you get why this story has this life and it feels like more than an IP. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yes. Yes. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. We've been giving this movie such a love fest. I want to end on a high note. Haha. <laughs> okay. So let's start with flats. Cool. Do you mind if I go first? Sure. I have, I have a few of them that maybe you'll agree with. First of all, I'm flatting the marketing. I'm flat. Yeah. It is yeah. atrocious what they did to this. Like, uh-huh. you didn't show 
that it's a musical. And they could be like, but there's a little music note in the A and mean, <laughs> mean. And it's like, okay. Graphic design like, is my passion. But like, <laughs> that you need more. Like, it's not called Mean Girls the Musical. It's called Mean Girls. Yeah. So warn people that they're going into a fucking yeah. musical. Um, I'm changing this flat because I wrote it, I wrote it one way, but I'm going to flat, like I said, that they set up things that they didn't follow through. Yeah. And I listed it earlier. Um, I also want to flat the fact that st- the Stupid With Love reprise is not on the album. And I'm yeah. really upset WTF. about that. Yeah. I feel like there's also another song that is Someone Gets Hurt reprise is not also on the album where mm-hmm. um, where who sing is that Janice sings it at uh caddy yes. after the party mm-hmm. yeah yes where where ali'i like unhinges her jaw and like yeah <laughs> where mm-hmm. it was so fucking cool and, it was powerful uh, it was a powerful moment yeah and i'm like why isn't this on the album and then my last flat at the end of revenge party there's a there's a shot of katie where she has like a camera like on her mm-hmm. i that was dumb i didn't like that we didn't need that. The like the the yeah, she I know a, what you're talking about. She had a camera she like runs mounted up to her to getting the the candy cane, right? Oh. Yes, that's the moment. Yeah, yeah. it's very it's jarring. It's, yeah, I agree. Oh, I like that because like we had we have well, they, that's they your es- opinion. They established like using the phone. They established other things, but like that was the one and only time that it's in this movie. And mm. that's like, a powerful moment. It's a powerful candy game, please. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't. It was. It's bad. It's bad. yeah. Like the shoulder camera. It was a bit much for me. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm um, well, like that at my funeral. Colin, what are your flats? <laughs> Okay, my flats, I said a million times, I think would be the cutting of the caddy and work defending Gretchen and Karen and like building that relationship. Yes. Because that's the big difference from the musical that I really love the most. Uh, that Then the chickening out with that your musical during the final song. And because her version of I See Stars is really pretty. And then they give the high note. They say, oh, it's the girl who doesn't even go here singing, which well- was funny. That was funny, but that is the actress who played Caddy singing. On the okay, festival. I was about. I, well, is that? But is that her in the movie? I didn't really pay to that. No, it is had, in the movie. It's her singing. But then when it's she's standing there, yeah, I'm pretty sure they just had the other woman lip sync. To on Andre, is that how you say her name? Yeah, it's weird. Honest to okay. So Hannah, your other homework <laughs> okay. is is to listen to. The, the full album because like there's also little things that they are changed in the movie because of editing and all that yeah like, they had to Which, so, i hate like, when that's different like the trolls three better place reprise is different on the cast album than in the movie and i want the movie version like thank you spotify honestly listen listen to the icy stars from the move from the movie soundtrack because it is it's gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's the one. Usually when I see a musical movie, I'll listen to like one song on repeat the next few days. And that's what I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is my favorite song in the Broadway show. But uh, and then, uh, OK, that's a flat. I'm trying to think of any other flats that we haven't touched on. I would I think 
I will say the letting Regina and Janice overshadow Caddy as a flat. Ooh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the moment we stop recording, I'm going to think of something, but really like yeah. watching this always, movie, always watching happens, this movie. Yeah. I was just enjoying it. You know, it, yes, yeah. it's not the original and that's, it's never going to be the original. It can't be fetch, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. So my flats, Hannah, your flats. Yes. I already mentioned these two. I'm just going to reiterate Katie getting drowned out of the movie, you know, ensembleness. I don't mind that. It's just, she is our protagonist and that is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said it, I think closer to the top of the episode. I don't like the Regina Regina's mom finds a book. It's so like wedged in there. And I'm like, it was so simple. Just have them find it, you know, yeah. let, let busy have her guac in a different room. I did have a little chuckle when I thought about casting of Busy Phillips because she was in Dawson's Creek, which was like a big teen show in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. So I was, so there was some moments like that line that she says, like, these are the best days of your lives and it's all downhill from here. I was like, granted, you were in the college years, but I see you. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're making fun of you here. Um, it was it was really funny when they were doing the prom pictures and she was like getting all up in there. I thought she was gonna. I literally was like, "Oh, she's gonna take a photo with Regina." No, she <laughs> makes that boy go from. Oh my god, that was like, that's a cringe mom moment that I know has happened. Um. Okay. Sharps. I want to first and foremost sharp Avantika and Jaquel Spivey. We didn't talk a lot about him. We did but... not talk a lot about Damien, but deserves it i love his interpretation of this yeah he did a fantastic job he understood the assignment and and so did avantika avantika i also i kind of feel bad for her because like i was like i'm not sure if you're wearing a push-up bra or if you're actually like pushing your chest out to make your boobs look bigger but like your poor back (laughs) yeah Oh. I also sharped the casting of moms and daughters, like yeah. we said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also sharped Tina Fey's false song intro. That, oh, that was funny. Was so funny. I also sharped. So there's this one moment when she finds out about the Caltine bars. The I sharped the lighting of, of her. Oh on yeah, that. a it, lot of great cinematography looked, choices. She looked terrifying i uh, well i guess that that'll bleed into this next one i'm sharpening the theatricality of this movie where like the transitions uh revenge party like a lot of the musical moments are very like theater so mm-hmm. i love that and then i'm gonna sharp sexy and i'd rather be me both of those mm-hmm. I mean, I you can't change my mind on any of them. <laughs> I'm a I'm a sucker for for long takes, and mm. I'd rather be me being one long take. Yeah, yeah, was amazing, and I liked how they button it with that uh, the bus. Yeah, and it's not it's in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's amazing. It's clever. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that I mean, if are you are those your sharps? Those are my sharps because that the the cinematography was one of my sharps. Like Same. the way everything's staged, all the tracking shots, like they keep the musical lively and they take advantage of the film medium, so it doesn't feel like a staged play. Which there's some movies 
uh, if we think of the B&B 3 remake, I actually would have preferred if they had a little more stageness in their display. But the I thought this would did a really good job of like the filminess of like the moving the colors and like the way they would they used the songs to push the story forward. Yes. And a very clever way. And I, I thought that was great. And I liked their arrangements that they were different. I, yes. I like both the original arrangements and these arrangements. Uh, that's another sharp. Uh, another sharp is the scene where Caddy is crying. And she's like, Mom, can you just sit with me till I fall asleep? I know it's like, oh, I love that she's crying. But I just thought that was really sweet. It's a, No, that's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful moment. Because like, mm-hmm. that that is also kind of missed in the in the 2004 movie. Yeah. Yeah. That she's a child. Yeah. That this is well, scary. And she has to go to school and everyone thinks she pushed someone in front of a bus. Yeah. Well, well that and like obviously when Anna Gosteyer played her, very different interpretation as well. But like I mean there there was also the dad there. Yeah. Now it's a single mm-hmm. parent. So like she's probably still pissed about the broken vase and like all the yeah. lying and all the this and the that, because that all happened, but at the end of the day you're a mom yeah mm-hmm. you're a guardian for this is your child so yeah whether you're angry at them or not like you still got to be a little sympathetic in yeah theory. yeah uh i have okay this is i remembered i remembered oh no it's keeping my mind as i say i remembered my flat um it <laughs> now it's escaping my mind oh my god as Gone. i said oh yes i remember this flat oh my god i was like saying it i'm gonna do it I want to add a sharp too. Okay. I want to. Uh, I want to sharp Katie's costume journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it felt a little more natural, and like I still don't know how she got those those like new clothes, the new designery clothes. Mm. Like uh, I'm not sure if the if she bought them, if it's borrowed, blah blah blah. But like. I really enjoyed that she was herself until basically rocking around the, uh, rocking on the pole or ro- mm-hmm. rocking. What is it fucking called? Rocking, rocking around the pole. The pole. The pole. Yeah. yeah. And like, that is the introduction. Cause like even her makeup is different and like, that's when mm-hmm. she becomes more vapid and everything. And her mom sees her twerk and is like, Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Which, okay. That reminded me. Thank of you. Of my, the flat that I forgot. I said, and then I forgot. Okay. There's a thing where they say is fire crotch 2K14 or 2K12 or whatever back because they're like, oh, she's a redhead. And I'm like, that is not a redhead. I'm sorry. She's strawberry blonde at best. She is a reference in this movie. Yes. A new movie. It is a reference to what Hillary Duff and Paris Hilton called Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Interesting. Yes, which again, my husband explained that drama to me and I was like, oh, it's like the stuff with Marie Antoinette. And he's like, okay um because i was I, I was thinking about this like yeah i think they dyed her hair i think they yes. tried to make it a little redder i think they didn't like highlights i don't think it was a full dye but like yeah. she, does she was katie, blonde does katie need to be a redhead no but the joke was a redhead no but i mean like That's... all in all in... no, no i don't think so I, I think i think it's just to like a nod to the to the to Lindsay Lohan I think that's yeah. all but I don't think it's a necessary thing yeah because but... I think like Cohen said earlier like it's it's you can kind of insert 
anyone into that role and they can make it their own. They don't have to yeah. be or look like Lindsay Lohan. Which right, ties into oh, do you, you can keep going, John. I, I was gonna say because like I, I think I think Regina needs to be a blonde just because yeah. of yeah. the of the connotations of being a blonde, right? Yeah. And I maybe Katie is a redhead because not a lot of redheads are protagonists, so mm-hmm. maybe that's it. But like, I don't think she has to be. Right. And I just think because Lindsay Lohan, that was like. that's her thing that she's yeah i think i mean i think we live in an age where the hair politics of hollywood is fading as it gets more diverse and so debating the personalities of different white women based on their hair color is less prevalent but i mean in 2004 it was alive and well so if you had brunettes do think and blondes be hot redheads were like oh my god there's a third option you know i also and yeah. I also liked that um, they changed the last names of some of the characters. Yes. Yeah. To make it a little more actor appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Which for I Janice. For, yeah. Uh, I'm seeing Janice, Karen, mm-hmm. and I believe there was one more. I, I mean, Damien's Damian, last name was different, right? Damien now has a last name. I don't think he had one in the first movie. Mm. There were a couple, like, uh, some of the people in the Burn book had different names. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, any other? Uh, uh, but my, uh, my Sharps. Yes. My Sharps. So that goes into the casting. I thought this was so well casted. I like that no one is doing an impression. Like, the way even they do some of the iconic lines, like, they don't say, get in, loser, we're going shopping. Then she just says, get in, loser. You know, mm-hmm. and she has this... She feels like a predator. She has this lion-like energy. And I also, because I want to, because people kept trying to say Renee Rapp was too fat to play the role. Which, off, not fat. Like, Mm. the the size of basically an average woman in America. Like, B, the character struggles with her weight and thinking about her weight. So in a way, that's almost kind of perfect. And C, like how people i don't know, just break people's brains are so rotted because it's like yes she doesn't look like rachel mcadams in 2004 but that's still like that would be a, a hot girl like and yeah. people are still like she also has to be impressive and intimidating so she can't be a victorian waif like yeah. she's she's strong and she's a she's someone who you can be afraid of and she just acts and sings it so well and i'm sick of you know this is this big in the Disney princess recasting discourse or live action casting and sick of people attaching to really superfluous aspects of characters appearance and determining that as what makes that character who they are. So like Caddy being a redhead might be one, but like, like that's not really integral. So it's like Ariel being white is not integral to who she is as you know as like regina having a certain body type now she regina needs to be seen as beautiful she needs to like fit society's beautiful beauty standards but it's like i don't i just say i feel i'm sick of it i'm sick of it i'm just sick of people just using whatever and like get a life and stop tearing down these actresses like if one more person says margot robbie is mid i'm gonna throw up because her job isn't to be in your spank bag her job is to be an actress I there were moments in this movie, and I'm ashamed to even admit this, that I was looking at Renee Rapp like, uh, um, uh, <laughs> like Andre Rice looks at her in uh, Welcome to the Plastics. I was just like, <laughs> but like a little drool because yeah. she's so. Mm-hmm. 
enrapturing. Yeah. She's she's she, she, this energy is and her look is a, grace. It's great. Something about her that just her appearance, and I'm I, I hate that I'm talking about a woman in this way, so I'm so sorry, everyone. But there's something about her that makes that makes me understand why she was cast as as this character where everyone wants to be her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't honestly I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't I don't I cheeks, eyes. Yeah, sex, she has a like you could play a Greek goddess. Like yeah. there, I I took a there's a note that I wrote down um during one of her songs. Uh, during someone gets hurt I wrote she's so hot I'm sorry because yeah because like I don't want to come off as like a pervy guy or anything like that but no. she's fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. I can yeah see I mean her... her being hot is kind of a point of the scene too yeah so like exactly. if you didn't get that then they're not doing no, what but they I mean, were like, trying to yeah. do like they're, you're, you're supposed but, to be like, like her... wow she's hot she's intimidating she's her in that she's... her in that costume yeah mm-hmm. and like Yes, she's a little curvy, but who cares? That's she's... also part of her appeal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. She's Cuz I don't know who told these people beautiful. that big boobs happen on tiny people. I don't know right. who told the men of the world that, but And that's where I'm thinking that maybe uh Avantika and BB Wood were padded a little bit, <laughs> but I I'm mean, not sure. Yeah. But again, their performances, I want they were so well cast, they, they were, were so, so funny. Good. Like Karen was so good. Uh, I mean, and I'm sorry Ali. to drool over. I'm sorry to drool over Renee Rapp, but I mean, she's freaking gorgeous, and and all she's, the haters, she, and she just gives no it. fucks, and that's like her energy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just like like Janice and Damien were so well cast. I think Caddy was so well cast. Like everyone really feels like these characters without feeling like a pat, uh, like a a ripoff. The one um, person I could have done without was Ashley Park. And oh, I get why I, I know why she was in this. Because right. Ashley Park, uh, Hannah, I don't know if you know this. She and, played Gretchen, right? Yes, she originated the yeah. role of Gretchen on Broadway. Which is great. It's, it's a great little tie-in. Yeah. It's a it was great, but I was just like, you're kinda not needed. It could have been anybody in this role. Mm. Yeah. Like the like But the fact that it was French and she's an Emily in Paris. Oh well, that I didn't get. Like the fact that <laughs> yeah. the fact that Lindsay Lohan plays the the mathlete moderator or mm-hmm. what's her yeah uh, yeah mathlete yeah. moderator is her character. That's something. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know your life. <laughs> like this yes. is a competition. <laughs> well, because like that's that's like this is the climax. This is the not the climax. Like this is like. Yeah, the climax. This is the big emotional moment where... And so what do you need? You need the actress who played the protagonist from Falling for Christmas. That's what you Absolutely. need in that moment. Of course. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The uh, only role that she's known for. Of course, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin, do you have any other sharps? Or is that... Uh, I did the track. Uh, I'm going to say the performances. So I did the performances. I did the arrangements. I did the visuals. Um, I'm gonna add the body cam that you hate and uh, <laughs> the scene with Jenna and uh, her daughter. Yeah, those are those are my sharps. Okay, nice. Hannah, your sharps. Okay, so the someone gets hurt sequence is so cool. The way like everyone's bodies move and like the freezing, so cool. Love that. 
uh Lindsay Lohan's existence in the movie thought it was great now I would like to add to how great Karen is so in the original movie she puts that diamond k on her on her chest and turns around and it's backwards okay but we've amplified that to she's doing her makeup and eating grilled cheese at the same time and she discovers that the grease on the grilled cheese is like the perfect replacement for a dewy highlighter and that killed me I laughed so hard so I didn't I didn't notice this I found this on the IMDb trivia apparently in some scenes her necklace her name necklace is backwards love that and it should be I was like you have to rewatch it you go Avantika not Glen Coco you go Avantika (laughs) because I'm going to give you the credit and then two more the fact that Janice ends up actually being a lesbian, uh, yeah. that they have like actual gay representation, I appreciated that. And it's also very subtle. Um, so like she passes a note to this person in class, and then you know, they end up going to the spring fling together. Loved that tie-in. Um Can I... Damien on his scooter. Can we just appreciate yeah, that? Was so good. That oh it was so fucking funny and like her standing on the back and i'm like (laughs) they are not they would never get home by curfew that thing is going so slow i love it i want i want to piggyback off of your queer representation and talk about damien because the fact that he too has had a little flirtatious moment moment and then at the spring fling we get a a a date happening because like yeah at least janice Again, Ali'i Ali'i is wearing um, a costume that's a callback to the original movie. Uh, She goes and gets her date, whereas Damien is with the girls. Now, as a gay, I can tell you I've done that. I've been been that gay with the girls. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he has a, a boy that he dances with, I was like, yes! Yeah. Got it! That's another thing that, like, the 2004 movie could never have because it was in 2004 of like legitimate getting to see the couples together like that was just something we couldn't have and like it is kind of great that in this movie they can actually do that and oh my god being like oh janice is a lesbian it's like no she's a lesbian she got made fun of and that's not cool it wasn't cool before but also like she is actually a lesbian or she is, you know, exploring her sexuality. It's like, yeah. wow, it's so great to actually see that. And yeah, that like, Caddy is like, what happened to you is worse. Like the the yes. bullying, the That's like true. the friendship that like that. Yeah. Also like the background where we're in the cafeteria, you're seeing everybody make out with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, it's one like, of the I'm things that sh- I'm reminded I- that like my, like our generation couldn't have those things because of how far we've come now now they can and that's so cool yeah thanks glee uh would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist i literally did i put that version of icy stars on a playlist for a project i'm working on cute so and i i liked all these versions it's like i do really love the originals but i definitely gonna let's check these out every once in a while i I I like this album. I'm upset that those two reprises aren't in it, and I would yes. love a reprint of this album. Thank you very much. But um, I think I would really listen to Apex Predator, Sexy, World Burn, I'd Rather Be Me, and I See Stars. 
uh revenge party is such a fucking earworm for me like just like the chorus over and over again that and the i am regina george just over and over Mm. again those two things back and forth but also i'd rather be me inspirational jam um, I'm yes. really hoping that on the an- on the album it ends with a bus smashing into somebody. <laughs> it doesn't, I want it to be authentic. Damn spoiler it. alert! I would but- like a reprint. <laughs> While you're reprinting for with the reprises, add the bus smack. Exactly. Yep. Um, and on that note, and after a very long episode, everyone, uh, oh, yeah. we're it's done. We make with- it long. It's. A- I mean, we had a lot to say though because we, we are. Yeah. We are three different people with our own viewpoints on Mean Girls. That is a very popular topic. And this movie is going to go under fire. So that's why I wanted to release this episode right after it came out. Just just to ride that train a little bit. And also maybe get a little more listeners. Uh, And also share some love. Because, you know, I'm sure there are people who out there are like, this movie sucked. And I'm like, well, you know what? Yeah, but use your words and say and tell me why you thought it sucked instead of saying it sucked. Tell me why that's wrong. Tell me why the amount of people putting out YouTube video essays on why things are bad and you listen to them and it's like reading a really bad high school paper, Mm. and you're like, "Mm, okay, okay, tell me how the writing's bad, and then. uh, But at least you know we all all of us like this movie, but we all had our own constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying good vibes only. I'm no, saying don't yeah. be a hater. I think I gave it a four out of five on Letterbox. I'm trying to do Letterbox this year, everyone. Oh wow! So oh, wow! I'm, I'm keeping like a, you. I'm keeping like a, a a little movie journal. Um, Love that. So yeah, I think what did I did I give it? Yeah, I gave it four <laughs> out of five. It was I pretty, would agree with that. It's a pretty strong movie. Yeah. Um. Super well, watchable. Yeah. Like it's a romp. It's fun. Yeah. For people of our generation, though, I understand that it's going to be hard for them because Mean Girls is such an iconic film. No, I know you're shaking your head, Colin, but like people have this burned into their brain. Mm-hmm. Colin, you watched it when you were in college. I watched yeah, it. That's true. So it came I watched it in high school. I think I watched it in middle school. I think I watched it in like 2007, like a couple years after it came out. So this movie is my childhood, okay? I'm I'm not saying it's not burned into our brains, that it's not iconic. I'm saying that sometimes people are like, this is my childhood. I'm like, your childhood will always exist. Right, no, yes. Yes, Things are going to grow. They're going to evolve. You know, if things didn't evolve, we'd still be in feudalism, baby. You know, like... Let I'm, things grow. We are not Vanessa grow. Hudgens. We don't want a feudalism boyfriend. No. I'm I'm saying that like I don't think people are going to be able to disassociate the yeah. 2004 yeah. film with this one. I know, and I'm but telling I hope them they to do. work on themselves. I hope yeah, they go do. to therapy. You know, you know, we can grow. Open your mind, as a K jewelry commercial once said. If you open your heart to love, it'll always find its way in. And I embarrassingly live by that wow i can't believe a marketing ploy got you <laughs> it did it did colin and hannah what do you have to plug or promote 
Oh my gosh. Nothing. Well, you can. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I um, know. You can uh, find our podcast, Not My Fantasy, on all the platforms. We also have a video version on YouTube. So you can watch mine, Cullen, and our guest's beautiful face. You will actually see John's beautiful face on an episode about Hercules that we did so many months back. Oh. Um, we did yeah. a crossover event with crossover. that one. We did. And um, st- I'm waiting to come back. I'm waiting to come back. I don't know what, but I'm waiting. Listen, we're planning this year. We'll hit you yeah. up because we've got Fuck tons us. of movies. Yeah. Um, but again, we're not my fantasy. You can follow us on follow us on all the platforms, and then we're also on Instagram and TikTok, not my fantasy pod. And, and you know talk- what? I, ooh, yeah, I go ahead, gonna, John. I was gonna plug something for you too as well. Um, yeah. you should check out their other podcast, their first podcast, Gleeboo. Yeah. yeah. Gleeboo is completed. We watched all of Glee. We did. I'm so sorry. Um, so you we may also have... watched the Glee Project, and we watched the Glee 3D movie concert, yes. and we watched Damien uh, McGinty's Christmas, Christmas movie, movie with Heather Morris, and then um, Cordover Street, Lindsay Lohan falling for Christmas. Yeah, we watched so much. Yeah, Glee content, content. That, you, that now you're like, let's go into fairy tales and mythology. <laughs> yeah, we're escapism. Listen, like, yeah, I mean. So yeah, not, not my fantasy. We talk about fantasy films and the lore that inspired them. So whether that be Greek mythology, delving into old fairy tales, uh, being like, what is an elf? What is a troll? Like, just we're all we're lore whores. We're all about the lore. Um, we've done a lot of musicals. You know, a lot of Disney musicals. We've done uh, like your Lord of the Rings franchise, Chronicles of Narnia, Percy Jackson. So we're all over. Um, and if this is coming out in January, we'll be writing right about to start our Supernatural Romance Month, mm-hmm. which will feature hits like Twilight <clears throat> and the upcoming Lisa Frankenstein. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm listening to the audiobook of. Twilight. We're currently well, listening to the audiobook because we love rough. our listeners. <laughs> I can do this ten minutes at a time. I don't know if I'm going to make it in time. Uh, it's I'm rough, but... so sorry. <laughs> yeah, right but so us. it's like so it's like all kinds of themes. So that's. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be talking about different supernatural love stories, uh, which we might make a tradition every February. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, so check us out. This is not the kind of movie we'd usually cover, and but that's why I wanted to because I knew I would have opinions. But it's not a fantasy movie, so uh, so it's you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, anything you guys want to do in uh, in this for my upcoming season? I was like, Hannah, can we do Mean Girls? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, and then I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you were in a production of Mean Girls, yeah. I'd love to hear about it. I know some people who are in it, but I'd love to hear more stories. Yeah. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Maybe I'm actually going to post a video of this. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well, we're going to be talking about the Matt Stone Trey Parker first film they made, Cannibal the Musical. Oh my God. I think I know this movie. You probably do. Uh, Hannah and Colin, thank you so much for coming back on. And thank you. Thank for you for having us. So fetch. Yes. Oh, we're so, so fetch. Oh my God. It's been the fetchest of nights. The fetchest of fetch nights. And everyone, thank you for listening. And bye for now. Bye. Bye.
Special thanks to Aaron Troy for creating the pod's artwork and to Nick Bomasino for composing the theme song and the jingles. A huge thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. And thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of Life's But a Song. Bye for now, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>